Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Thinking Out Loud with Pastor D of 2024. Today is Tuesday, January 2nd. My name is Joe, and this is the man who promises to have all his Christmas decorations put away by the end of February, and that is Pastor Dwayne Watson. <laughs> I am him. Not quite as funny the second time, I guess. It's still, it's still funny. For Joe those... forgot to hit the recording button. What is it, three times? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so uh, that's Pastor D. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, it was really good. Get any cool stuff? Uh, what's the coolest thing I got? Yeah, I did get some cool stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah? It was a good Christmas. All right. Yeah, you know, it was good. Yeah, but I mean, but also part of it, we left on Christmas Day after lunch and went up to see my parents and my brother, my family in North Carolina. And so that was actually kind of tough because my my mom's slipping away, and Dad's kind of struggling too. So she's got Alzheimer's, right? Yeah, now. Alzheimer's. This isn't like this is ten years. Oh, she's had it for di- ten years. Yeah, since her wow. diagnosis. So she's actually done really well. Uh, she had uh, m- moments where I knew she she didn't know who I was. Actually, there was a couple of times when she forgot everything while I was there. She didn't know where she was. She didn't even know who Dad was. And that doesn't happen very often. But then she'd kind of come back around, and uh, she would she'd be a little funny sometimes and I don't know. Alzheimer's is just brutal. It That's just, it just is what it is. And she's yeah. on her way out. I, saw, I read a study a couple weeks ago uh, after we got a prescription sent in hmm. this lady, she was 75, 80. Yeah. She was up there, uh, brought in a prescription for Viagra. Oh man. And of course, yeah, I know. I got to question that. So <laughs> right. I called the doc, and he sent me over the study to read. Uh, there's some studies going on right now, or further ones going on, showing that Viagra helps people with dementia. Really? Uh, it increases the not. Well, you don't need to know all that, but well, no, I'm interested. Yeah, so it helps with memory huh. um, in folks that are getting dementia. Wow. So uh, I'm st- just starting to see a handful of people uh, get prescriptions for hmm. it. Very weird. They've had my mom on some uh, uh, trial Alzheimer's medications off and on. She's taking something now. I think it probably has slowed the progression of it all, but there's no stopping it. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, well I don't know. I don't want to say that because I'm not 100% sure. I don't have the study in front of me. Mm-hmm. Right, I'll read one. I forget what it says right after I read it. Yeah. It's kind of like being back in school, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. Yeah. And then you try to do it again, and it's just, hmm. I forgot. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, medicine is always changing. You have to be, oh, I don't know how you keep up with it. It's ridiculous, really. Hmm. Anyway. Way to go. Yeah. Everybody, thank your local pharmacist. And if you don't have one, go to Polk Drugs. Right. What Christmas gifts you get? Anything? Uh... Uh, Michelle gave me some uh, ear buds for the range. They're they're noise canceling oh, yeah, earbuds. Yeah. Uh, in case someone doesn't know, I do love to go to the gun range and see how 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 well I can do it shooting at whatever I'm shooting at. And so I always just have those big like you know '80s <laughs> earmuffs on. And uh, sometimes I put those this, work, don't they? Yeah, but they do get in the way, and I have a they they can scratch the your stock of your gun, so that frustrates me. And then I have the deep in ear kinds, and those I get ear infections easy, and so those bother me sometimes. So she's giving me these, which don't go way too deep in your ears, and they're noise canceling, and they're, they're really nice. I haven't tried them yet, but they're nice. That was cool. I got some Star Wars stuff because I'm 
a nerd. Uh, you didn't get a new gun or anything? Uh, I actually did get a gun. I will not describe it here, but it's a good one. <laughs> My dad actually made that happen. Oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. Uh-huh. An ERF. <laughs> What's ERF? N E R F. Oh, oh no, no, it's not Nerf. Jonah got some guns for Christmas. All right, on. I hope his is, his are N E R F. Although Jonah's pretty trustworthy. Jonah's here right now. He's looking at me from the outer office. Yeah, no. scary face. You got a Nerf gun? <laughs> he said, "Yeah, yeah, a couple of them, I think." All right, man, guns for Christmas. Yeah, he waits in hiding. He walk walk around the corner, you know, pow, pow. Hits you with them, scares you half to death. <laughs> when uh, speaking of those earplugs, when uh, Jackson was twelve, I guess mm-hmm. uh, he used to be into hunting a little bit, so we'd, I'd take him hunting sometimes. Anyway, a friend of mine has some land in Yazoo, mm-hmm. right, right around Yazoo City. We drove up there to go hunt, and it wasn't really hunting up there. It's more like fishing in a barrel. <laughs> yeah. Deer everywhere. Oh, man, I want to do that. So he takes us out to this in the woods. We drive, we're out on a four-wheeler all the way out. And we get to this little stand. It's one of those shoot houses, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's got a little heater in it. And oh, man. Everything. It's Good grief. I didn't even have to wear a jacket. <laughs> like you just get up in there. Oh, boy. So it's got a little window in the front that you lay your gun out when you see a deer and you can mm-hmm. shoot at it. So we weren't there 10 minutes. <laughs> the doe walks out, and that, that was the goal, to kill a doe. Mm. Uh, he has too many does on his land, so he wants to get rid of them. Wow. He said, if you see a buck, you can shoot it. And if we'd waited, we'd have probably seen one. But <laughs> anyway, he sees a he sees a deer, and I bought him a little uh, two forty three. Uh, to shoot, yeah, you know, just a basic hunting rifle. Mm-hmm. So he lays it out there, gets the scope set, and he shoots it. Well, we're in this little house. Oh yeah. So it was so oh dang no loud. <laughs> so as soon as he shoots it, he lets go with a gun. <laughs> and thankfully, I was standing right there beside him because when he let go, I caught it. <laughs> so because it was so loud. <laughs> well, by the time uh-huh. I caught it and looked over, the deer was gone. I was like, oh. Wait. You missed. Okay. Well, let's sit here a little while longer. So about 10 more minutes go by. And here comes three or four more deer. Goodness. They're everywhere. So this time uh, I said, all right, you go ahead and shoot and I'll hold your ears. <laughs> so he's literally laying with his gun out pointed at this deer. And I'm reaching over the top of him with my fingers holding each ear closed so that he won't, he won't drop the gun. Good night. Anyway, my ears were ringing for two days after yeah. that. But uh, anyway, turns out he, the second one he shot at, it didn't go far. Uh-huh. Uh, he got that one. And he hit the other one, too. We didn't huh. realize it. It had run off into the woods. and You tracked it? Did you find yeah, it? Uh-huh. Wow. I had to use the dog. His first time out, he shot two deer. Two deer. <laughs> yeah. That's dumb. The best part was uh, we didn't have to clean them. Have you ever cleaned a deer? Oh, it's, oh, it's awful. It's a job. Yes, that's why I don't deer hunt anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, this guy, he's got a head like a big processing plant up the hill. So we rode it all up the hill. He takes the two deer, he hangs them, and he lets them hang in this big cooler he's got. Yeah. You know, so the meat will tenderize. Mm-hmm. And then he says, let's walk over here. And he opens this big giant freezer. He's like, yeah, here's some back straps. Here's a roast. Here's a this and that. And what in the world? Loaded our ice chest up, and we left. We were we were there a grand total of maybe hour and a half. That's what. What do I have to do to go do that? I'm gonna queue up with him. 
He, he loves to take people hunting. Well, man, yeah, let me talk to the guy. Yeah. My invitations to go hunting always come too late. My schedule's already full. Uh, yeah, he runs one of the other Polk's drugs. Hmm. Uh, he, but that's what he's into, hunting. He loves hunting. Man, I want to go up there. Yeah. You said it's in Yazoo City, somewhere around it's there? It's north of Yazoo City, yeah. I'm going. Middle, it's the middle of nowhere, believe me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they got a lot of deer up there. Hmm. I hear people talk about going and hunting up there. There mm-hmm. must be deer every place. Oh, North Mississippi there. Yeah, hmm. everywhere. Especially the Delta, too. I want to go. I'll see if I can make that happen. Yeah, man. Let's go. All right. Anything else going on that's cool you want to mention before we get rolling? Uh, the goal I told you today is to get done in less than an hour. I don't even know how long have we been already. Nine minutes. Oh, we got plenty of time. Plenty of chit-chat. We got plenty of time. Uh, this morning, we were working on the next... Uh, you know, Last year, we went to, the, to a hockey game. And if you ask me if there's anything new coming up, just this morning, we scheduled the next church-wide hockey game trip, which is on February the... Well, I forgot. So this is a terrible announcement. And, uh, you know, but there's more about that to come. There's uh, a hockey game, a faith and family hockey game for Coast Life Church coming up in February. Stay tuned yeah. for that date. We'll get it to you one day. Details, TBA. Yeah. It won't be this Sunday, though, because they already recorded the announcements. Anything else? Nope. We got Financial Peace University coming up. Yeah, that starts Sunday night. Sunday night? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was Sunday. Uh, they can still sign up. Uh, does, there's, he, does he have a bunch signed up? To yeah, him? I asked this morning, and it is a good group. More than he and I were expecting, I think. So oh, excellent. But we got plenty of room, and so if somebody else wants to still jump in, it is it's sixty dollars instead of eighty, which is amazing because he worked that deal out, and uh, it's going to be good. People's lives are going to be changed. New series starts this week. The Blessed Life. We're doing all that. At oh, one. you're starting now. Yeah. Right. Did you get to go back and watch the? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. good. Switched it up a little bit, but this is the same. It's it is essentially the same. I think we're just we already have the cuts from the last time we did it. I think we're just going to use the exact same ones, so we don't have to re-edit all that. He's good. I let when I get up on Sunday mornings because he does a sermon Saturday night, mm-hmm. so I'll listen to his sermon in the morning before I come here. Oh yeah. So oh man, he's a good speaker. I like he's really him. Good. I like him. I'm kind of sad that you listen to him first because then you come here and you're like, oh gosh, he's already on. Why do I even go to church here? Trust me, he's not uh, inventing his own words. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, Robert Morris is a—he's a straight laced guy. Yeah, he's—I uh, mean that I'm out of respect. What a what a history. Yeah, he's done a lot up there in Dallas, isn't he? Uh, it's in South Lake. So South Lake is on the road between. It's around Dallas, northern Fort Worth, and northern Dallas. It's in the it is where the money is. The, the church I worked in a church up there called the Met. Mm-hmm. which was just right down the road from Gateway where Robert Morris pastors. And then the church that I started there that was so catastrophic, that was right in a, in a place called Trophy Club, which is as snooty as you can fathom. Like, if you don't make a million dollars a year, people won't even talk to you up there. Really? Like, that's poor people. It, where where Gateway Church is and South Lake and Keller and across to Colleyville and Grapevine, man, that it is preposterous, the wealth. That you can, I mean, it just it's just everywhere, and it, th- to them, that's their normal. Their normal is excessive wealth. Mm. So I'm not I'm not bagging on wealth. God bless them. Uh, but I can remember feeling like I am a I'm a fish out of water here. <laughs> <laughs> is that church still there? 
or gateway the one you uh, were involved uh yes actually so when i when i left texas that was an assemblies of god church and so they they took that church and this other church that was struggling and they put them together and i really don't know what's happened with it since except that i think it did pretty well and so but then i was out of the assemblies of god and kind of lost track of all that rich donors maybe yeah that'll keep you going yeah boy it's, you're sure. not getting any of those here. <laughs> no, it's God bless the people that are here, faithful and generous. Uh, but yeah, it's just a it, you know, that's just the way it is. Cultures are different in different parts of the world. Church culture and and socioeconomic culture. Um, so just different places. God bless them. I think and I. Oh, that's why I said it. Robert Morris has in the middle of all of that blessing, which he and Gateway have experienced has been so faithful he's that's why i brought it up because i mean i know other guys up in that area who have just soaked it up it's It's changed their head oh yeah i mean it's just ridiculous but he just didn't do that like he sold books that have made millions and millions and millions of dollars and he gives it all away he won't keep it he's that's part of the reason that they have experienced he his family and the church have experienced so much blessing is they are so incredibly generous and so that's what the blessed life came out of the the book, the series. I mean, the book, the sermon series, and all that, and why we or would I think it would, it would be a terrible mistake if we didn't refer back to it every two or three years. And so it's time. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good series. It's really good. Are you going to do the part about the green jacket this time? Uh, oh, that was my favorite story. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, when he which he wanted this green jacket, and then he bought it, and then he wanted, then he went and took it back. And he said he was praying to God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. He said God told him, I didn't tell you you couldn't have a green jacket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to use more of his sermons this time than I have in the past. In years past, I have sort of split it with him. He, It would be half him and half me. I'm not going to do that this time. Good to get your take on it, though. Yeah, I'm still going to have some commentary, but not nearly as much as I have in the past. I think I'm just older and feel more like, <laughs> man, let the guy who preached the sermon preach it. And as you know, I doubt he might. He's a very good speaker. Use his stuff. He won't care. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't. They put it out there for free so that people will use it. Right. They're really generous. Yeah. They have a lot of different ministries. A lot, a lot. In that church. Yeah. Gateway Church is, who knows? They got campuses all over the world now. Yeah. Just like us. Just like us. That's right. Our campuses just aren't quite. We probably big. have, well, no, some of them probably are. Oh, yeah. But Gateway at home in South Lake, I mean, it's a very populous area. What is it? Six million people live there. Uh, their home campus is massive, but their extended campuses are not terribly different from ours. Hmm. Thank the Lord. I'm looking forward to that series. I liked it last yeah. time you did it. Yeah, me too. Okay. On today's podcast, we will be discussing some of the talking points from Pastor D's sermon on Sunday. These things will include technology and the role it might play in God's plan for us. We'll talk about aligning ourselves with Jesus in 2024, what it means to submit to God and what to do when you find yourself backtracking. Then we'll discuss walking into a room and letting your inner Jesus shine through. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about goal setting for 2024 and how to ensure that you include God in your plans. And finally, we'll wrap up with dealing with unrighteous things in your life when You sometimes don't have a choice. Before we do that, though, we'd like to let you know that this episode of Thinking Out Loud with Pastor D is brought to you by Free Cinnamon Roll Fridays. What? At Polk's Drugs and Alexa. Oh, no. I knew you'd say that. 
<laughs> That's right, folks. For the next couple of weeks, Polk's Drugs will be giving away not only free biscuits on Fridays, but free cinnamon rolls as well. As well? Can you have both? I you got to choose. No, we want everybody to get a taste. Wow. Cinnamon rolls are more expensive, so we're only going to do it for a couple of weeks yeah. with the cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. But uh, the biscuits, will st- we'll still have free biscuit Fridays. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, the cinnamon rolls are a new addition to the breakfast menu at Polk's Drug. So come by and give one a try free of charge and see how you like them. If cinnamon rolls aren't your thing, we'll still be giving away biscuits on free biscuit Fridays as well. So come on in and get you one of those if that's what you prefer. Mm. Let's see. Where do we want to get started here? (laughs) So I mentioned before one of my goals for the podcast this year is to get these things down to less than an hour. So uh, don't be surprised if I cut you off a couple times. Okay, for the best. Uh, Stop me. The listeners just have trouble getting an hour and a half to two hours in. So uh, (laughs) anyway, we're going to try to do them that favor. Now, you opened the sermon the other day talking about technology, and I think you said how disappointed you were that you don't have a hoverboard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I saw an interview the other day. Um, with a, and we were talking about medicine earlier. Uh, he was the head of this company that was talking about putting some sort of computer chip or something in a in a person's brain mm-hmm. that would bypass the need for an electrical signal that travels down the spine. Wow! Uh, and that was something that it might be able to help people who have experienced some sort of traumatic spine injury. You know, they break their back, get in a wreck, something like that. Yeah, and of course that could lead. If it works, it could lead to a myriad of other things, you know. So technology and the future. When we started talking about or when he mentioned putting a chip in somebody's brain. Yeah. Of course, first thing that came to mind <laughs> yeah. was revelation. Right. All the things that are going hmm. to happen. Uh, do you think technology is going to play any kind of part? In the end times, this is completely off the sermon, but yeah, no, that's a good just question. Had the question. Yeah, you if you read, I mean, you mentioned Revelation specifically, but in in uh, also Daniel and Ezekiel, Daniel Ezekiel, and then John who wrote Revelation, they have a lot of overlap. Uh, and Daniel and Ezekiel were, were written hundreds of years before Revelation was, and uh, John would have had some some understanding of what he had for sure. He had written both of their prophecies. But then Jesus really wrote it all. And so in all three of them, they talk about things they don't, they cannot understand or describe because they're talking about things that are in our, in our uh, context. Um, There's the, uh, was it? Yeah. Ezekiel describes a flying machine and, and uh, Daniel and some of his visions, just he's trying to describe the vision that he's seeing, which for us wouldn't seem so weird because it's, it's, you know, our technology has come along far enough that we can imagine, not even imagine, in some cases, we can probably see things that they were imagining. And uh, so, absolutely, technology plays is going to play a huge part in all that the end times are going to uh, uh, require, the way in which everything will be global. Like they, they couldn't have imagined a global system of communication where now, uh-huh. I mean, we can, we can be sitting in this room and technically everybody in the world could see us in just a couple minutes. We could work all that out with what we have in here right now, our two cell phones 
And we can easily be seen by every person on the planet in just a second. And so uh, things like that, which they couldn't have imagined to us are now just kind of really simple. And those are things that will be, uh, that have already been described in Revelation, Ezekiel, and Daniel specifically, a little, and some other places too, but those three especially. Uh, So yeah, for sure. What I think probably what some people used to think was going to be sort of supernatural events. And certainly there will be things that are going to be very supernatural beyond people's ability to create. There will also be things that, which had one at one time been considered supernatural, which are just going to be technology that the technological things are going to occur to move all that we read about in revelation forward. It'll just be because of technological advancement. The Bible speaks of um, the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wonder is, you know, artificial intelligence combined with computers, is mm-hmm. that, that could be the beast, yeah. for all we know. Yeah. Um, well, the beast is given a persona and, and, and is an, indiv- an, an individual or a group of individuals. Uh, there's, a, there's a pretty strong opinion that, that perhaps the beast is Islam. And uh, I, I'm not going to, I'm sure not going to preach that or say here that that is definitely what it is, but the religion itself does sort of check all the boxes, um, but it needs a figurehead uh, th- because there is, there is one described, especially in revelation. There is a figurehead described a man of lawlessness. Uh, that's not just in revelation. That's elsewhere too. And uh, so, yeah, there is going to be some sort of requirement of uh, a public commitment to following this, this antichrist and uh, the number of the number of man that is given to him is six six six. Interestingly, that shows up in Islam in a number of places. It's really fascinating to study. Um, but yeah, so this uh, the and that 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 though as six 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 shows up in some other places, it's it's more symbolic than it is numeric. The sixes. Are, are they each symbolize something? What we call sixes each symbolize something else, and so even when uh, John said uh, the number of the beast is six six six, let the reader understand he may have seen not a Hebrew a six six six, which would have been a slash slash slash. In fact, everybody's familiar with it because that if you've ever seen a Monster Energy drink, that slash on a Monster Energy drink is a Hebrew six six six. And on the back of the can, it says, release the beast. They know what they're doing. They've always known what they're doing. I'm not saying that Monster Energy drinks are demonic. I won't drink one. But the entire system or the entire marketing scheme behind that drink is the Antichrist. And they knew they were doing it. It's hilarious. I mean, is it hilarious? Doesn't Coca-Cola own Monster? Yeah, Coke owns it now. I don't don't know. Did they at the beginning? I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah, those that those three slashes on a Monster Energy drink are 666. They are a Hebrew version of 666. And on the, you look at the back of the can, it just says, release the beast and can go read some other stuff. And it's just this sort of, it's cheesy. It's so dumb. I don't know why they would do it. I like those white ones, too. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's called Monster, and Monster and Beast are the same word. It's, it's, don't think about that. I you... know nobody does, and I don't. I, drinking monster doesn't turn you into a heathen. I just think it's ridiculous that they've done it. So anyway, that... can't wait to see some of my friends drinking them. Yeah. Oh, you're drinking you the antichrist that Satan juice. <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. So, but that those that's probably not what he saw. John saw he would have seen uh, uh, three symbols 
there are there is symbolism in Aramaic and in Hebrew that, that it, to us, if we saw it, or well, to him, it would have looked like a a Hebrew six. The shape was the same, but you know, a six is also a G, and it can and it, it's a it's a curly Q. Like this, it's not just necessarily the number six hundred sixty six. It is what each of those thing if it's a number or a, there's also letters that it represents and sometimes it symbolizes war and sometimes it symbolizes uh, uh, the divine there's just lots of symbolism in that in what we call 666 so it's not just about the number and so when when uh John saw it and wrote it down and even said let the reader understand this is the number of the beast the the symbol that represents the beast is this 666 but please understand there's something more to it than just the number mm-hmm. then it uh that lets us somehow know that all of the all that the antichrist is going to require of those who are left here during the tribulation as the christians will be gone at the rapture having happened thank goodness they're going to be required to yield to him completely and and the way that jesus had john represent that was through the symbolism of the the, the three sixes or and all that they are beyond just being numbers hmm that's another podcast. Yeah. I, I need more time to get ready to say that. Yeah. That really did come off the top of my head. <laughs> okay. I was just curious, you know, when you mentioned it, I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. that uh, it might be part of it. Because yeah. I know some of the other things in Revelation we see all the time. Yeah, it's true. You know, it talks about um, men will become women and yeah. women will become men. Isn't that crazy? Are we not seeing that right now? Yeah. Things like that. We're running out of stuff to say that hasn't happened yet. There's just not much left. Uh, so, all right, let's move off that topic. <laughs> Buckle up. All right. Aligning with Jesus. So in aligning ourselves with Jesus, there's going to have to be some sort of communication. So if we are submitting, like we talked about, or like you talked about at the, in the service, if we're submitting to God, mm-hmm. doesn't there have to be some sort of communication between God and us? Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before. I know. But for those of us who don't. We don't feel like we are spoken to. Yeah. How do we go about ensuring that we are in alignment? Yep. So I know well, you you have asked about that. You must think about this a lot because we've talked about it not just on I here. I just hear all these people elsewhere. say they yeah. experience these supernatural things, and I want to experience one. Yeah, I want you to. And so, and I want other people to also feel a sense of. Uh, how close God is and that he is speaking. Can I qualify that? Mm-hmm. In case God is listening. And he is listening. <laughs> In case God is listening. Yes. I don't want to be scared half to death I want, by some supernatural I thing. I do. I want one that's like, uh, <laughs> makes <laughs> me feel good. Sweet. Yeah, it's nice. Nah, I'm going to start praying that God just gives you a scary one. That he's like, Joe, and it knocks you down. Um, But not Jonah. Jonah's is going to be kind and sweet. And he's, man, that dude can hear. He is listening. He's acting like he's not, but he is. I know. He'll ask me 15 questions when we get out of here. What were you talking about for this? (laughs) The, uh, this is the key. We are, we always have God speaking to us. I've said this to you before, and I know you're like, you kind of, you don't eye roll, but you almost do. You're right on the edge of, well, he's not talking to me. But, Yes, he is. He's always talking to everyone all the time. He never actually stops. If we heard him, we would probably, I mean, if we were aware of it all the time, it would probably be, it probably would become uh, nerve wracking in some way. But he generally, 
I was thinking about this this morning. He and I was I was getting ready to say he never, but there is we should not I should not ever say God never because he is unlimited. But he rarely will speak over himself or over me or whatever it is that's got my attention. He will he will he will do that. He can do that, but he doesn't always do that. It seems to me that God generally waits for me to quiet myself and turn off all the noise and get out every everything that is distracting, everything that is wrong, everything that I'm tolerating. You already you mentioned before that we we're going to say and we're going to talk in a, a few minutes about what do we do when we can't get away from things that are sinful? If it's virtually impossible to get away from things that are unlike Jesus, God would say, I'm going to answer that question now as a part of this answer. God would say to me and to you and anybody else, it is not impossible. It may not be comfortable. We may not like it. It may actually be difficult or expensive or whatever, but there is there is nothing that is not like Christ that he would say to me, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to stay there and and take it. If if we have to, if it's going to be around us, then we ha- we must then be resistant to it to vote to be vocal and say this is wrong, and I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to tolerate it, and I'm not going to tell all the rest of you that are doing this thing that you should be doing it because you shouldn't be doing it. Really, that's Mardi Gras just around the corner, and some people are going to hear this right now, and I want them to already think. Ugh, I do tolerate some things around Mardi Gras that I shouldn't, and maybe this year I won't. I hope that they don't. So anyway, uh, we have to turn off everything that is not of Christ. I mean, this is, I mentioned this Sunday, holding it, whatever it is, holding it up to the light of the truth of Jesus, what is good, right, and true. And if his light shines through it, I can keep it. If it blocks that light, I know that's a little ethereal, but I feel like it's understandable. If it blocks his light, then I must get, I, I not get rid of it over time. I must dump it today. If it's whatever it is, it could be, I mean, you and I, you and I have a similar struggle. I think yours is actually more advanced than mine because you are a musician and you play in a band. But like the music of my youth, which I still, I still like it. I, I We've talked about it here before. We kind of make jokes about it. But those, the words in those, a lot of those songs, not all of them, but the words in those songs and certainly the spirit and the people who wrote them and performed them, it's not like Christ. It's the opposite. If Jesus was sitting at my house this afternoon, I wouldn't say to him, you want to listen, listen to, to some Metallica? Yeah, or ACDC. I would sure not do that. I would have, And why wouldn't I do it? Because I know that it is offensive to him. It is uh, in, in opposition to his, to his glory. It's in opposition to his glory. It doesn't, it doesn't lift him up. It doesn't honor him. It doesn't glorify him. And some people might, I've even said it. Like, well, yeah, but I know, but the words aren't bad. Okay, well then who, but who are they aimed? They're good for who? They're, they're, they exist to glorify whom? And not in none of that music, I don't want to just pick on music especially, but in none of that music is God glorified. And so there's a time, this was years ago. I was a youth pastor. This was way in the 90s. And uh, it, it used to be quite a thing. I can't remember what happened. We took all of our teenagers to uh, some youth conference or something. And the guy that was speaking was talking to teenagers as, as I always did. And so did everybody else. Maybe they still do about their music and what they listen to and, you know, sort of getting all that out of your head and out of your heart. And when we got back, the youth group, which was not small, it was a, it was quite a lot of kids. They said, we want to burn all of our CDs. It was CDs then maybe a few tapes, but mostly CDs. We want to burn them all. And so on one night, 
they all came with thousands and thousands of dollars worth of CDs, thousands and thousands, many thousands probably. And we built this big fire pit and burned them all. It was wild. Like it, it was all of them. The teenagers said they want, we want to do it. This is what we're going to do. We want this stuff out of our, uh, out of our lives. And so I remember watching all that burn and I still had all my CDs at home. I didn't bring any to burn. And I thought they're right. We should not get this. We should not have this in our lives. But I took mine all to the local guy that bought them all and I sold Hold them. Mine. Yeah. But I was thinking, couldn't you just get them all together? <laughs> yeah. Sell them and use the money. To- yeah. I said that to the kids and they're like, but if we sell them, someone else is going to get it. And I was like, well, that's true. You're not wrong. And so, but anyway, I, that was a uh, 25 years ago. Oh, man, Kaylee was a baby. So 25, 26 years ago. Um, you didn't do any of that with books, did you? No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I never, I never bought a book that I didn't need to keep. I've kept every book I've ever had, and, and uh, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a book burner. Uh, not because there aren't some though that are out there that need to be gotten rid of, like the Quran. Let's burn those things. Nah, people can go ahead and read what's evil. I, I, I'm I've sidetracked myself. So, uh, in whatever it is that we might allow to entertain us, if it is in opposition to what is good, right, and true. So that could be music or video games or movies or videos or TikTok or YouTube, whatever, anything. Uh, anything that is in opposition to what is holy, God has said, I will generally not talk over that. If you, if that's what, if you want to entertain yourself with it, okay, but you're costing yourself the glory of hearing my voice. And so, yeah, when I got rid that's what I was going to say. When I got rid of all those CDs, I'd made up my mind because I went and sold mine. I was like, I'm never going to buy them again. I will never buy another CD or well, I mean, CDs back then. I'll never have music in my life again. That is in any way uh, that in any way is louder than the voice of God in my life. And I never did again. I still have heard some of that music. <sighs> There's some videos on YouTube. These people, playing like classical instruments, mm-hmm. but like great music from back in the day. And I've listened to a couple of those and it made me like a, a pine for it some, but in the end I'm like, nah, there was never any, anything good in that for me. So I've jettisoned it and generally. And I'm, I, I know that from then until now I have been more able to hear God's voice and other things can get in the way too, though. Our pride can do it. Our circumstance, our situation, self-reliance is terrible. Man, it's a terrible block to hearing God's voice. If I am so self-reliant that I think to myself, well, I can, I'll, I'll be all right. I got this all in, all in hand. Then he's still talking to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm really busy taking care of everything on my own. And that's a little risky uh, for anybody. So, but Joe, he's talking to you. <laughs> he is. He, I told you he's talking to you and you hear him differently, but I'm this podcast, that's him talking to you. And when, uh, when something comes up, mm-hmm. whatever it is, going into 24, yeah. uh, go, referring back to your challenge yeah, to get these things out of your, yeah. out of your life or mm-hmm. to align, right. To yeah. align with Jesus. Mm-hmm. When you are going to do something or you have something planned and you're not feeling that go ahead and do it. Yeah. Does that mean don't? I think so. If if God, well, I I move toward what is where the peace is. If I don't have peace about something, this is a this is hard actually for me to do. I should work toward where peace is because sometimes I can trick myself into feeling like there is uh, 
a peaceful solution or a peaceful step forward when there really isn't. But what I generally try to do is I work toward peace. When I feel at peace about something, then I will, uh, then uh, that's when I know this is the right way to go forward. It may not be necessarily God saying yes, do or no, don't, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't give me peace in my heart, in my mind, if I'm, uh, maybe, maybe if I just don't feel like it just doesn't feel right. If it doesn't, then usually I don't do it. But sometimes <laughs> I've talked about the Sunday too, and everybody now knows this about me. Sometimes I feel like this is not the right thing to do. It just doesn't feel right. This is probably shouldn't, but I'm going to, and I will just go ahead. And get far down the road and then realize, boy, I wish I wasn't on this road. I should have never started down this trek and then, you know, have to backtrack. I'm going to really try hard this year not to do any of that. So when you're in doubt, when in doubt, don't. Yeah. When in doubt, back on out. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Lady used to say that, uh, (laughs) that I knew a long time ago. Uh, She would use that mantra when she was shopping for clothes. Uh Uh-huh. When in doubt, don't. (laughs) Yeah. That's what she would say. Yeah, that's good. God will not call you to do a thing. Not that we won't be anxious about it, but he won't he won't move us towards something and then leave us feeling like he's not in it with us. That's where the peace is. The peace is in knowing that Jesus is doing this with me or I'm doing this with him, that I am aligned, that he's in front of me and I'm just following him. If it ever feels like I'm getting out beside or even in front of him, that's uh that what that's that is the feeling that I think that you just described when I just don't feel like Man, I don't. This doesn't seem like the right way to go. And then just back away. You can even just wait and see. All right, I'm just let me just hold on. See what's next. I'm not good at that either. But uh, that is God talking to you. It doesn't have to be an audible voice. I haven't heard God's audible voice three times in my life. I would say that I felt like He was speaking out loud in a way that I heard His voice three times. Yeah, like. Which I, I, which is a, was amazing. I'm thankful for those. Yeah. They were at three very key moments in my life uh, when I, I was about to make a bad decision or needed to make a serious decision or was in the middle of trouble. And, I, and God just told me, he's like, I got you one time in particular, the one, the second time <laughs> when he said, man, I'm, it's, it's, uh, I had enemies after me and he was like, I got you. I'm going to, you're, you're going to be okay. And thankfully I was, and they weren't. Hmm. Um, but generally it's not that way. It's, uh, it is the way that God speaks to you that you think he doesn't, where it's like peace, lack of peace, understanding, lack of understanding, comfort, no comfort. That is God saying, yes, no, wait. Uh, I'm proud of you. I'm disappointed in you. Like even when you feel convicted for something that you shouldn't have done, that's, that is God speaking to you. That's the Holy Spirit saying, man, you probably should have not played that song at that concert. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is it okay to listen to the songs if you don't have the words? <laughs> I, I can't, I'm not, not for me. I can't, I just can't. Sometimes when you're learning a song, yeah. it's better to do it without the words so you can pick up the, <laughs> yeah, you know, wherever they're coming in at whatever time. Yeah. Uh, so I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Music is not a huge test for me. I know that, I know that it is for you, uh, but it's just not that big a deal. Like I, I, when I, I don't always listen. I almost actually never listen to music when I'm in the car. I don't listen to music much at all. Most of the music I hear is at church on Sunday, or if I happen to take down a guitar and play it myself. Right. And even then, I play something worshipy. Yeah, I bet Dave couldn't do without music either. Oh man, that dude is. Yeah, for sure, he's a absolutely as he should be. Uh, he loves music. Yeah, he's great at it. 
Most of the band guys are that way. I'm sure Jason is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, talking about backtracking, is there anything we can do ahead of time to make sure that we're not backtracking? Yeah. And I wrote on the note, should we set ourselves up to fail? I'm not sure that you know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> yeah. should you make it a point, and just to give you an example, mm-hmm. make it a point with yourself to let people know what you're going to do ahead of time? That oh, way, yeah. that way you kind of hold yourself responsible. Boy, yes. Because you don't want to embarrass yourself in front mm-hmm. of other people. Uh, I can't remember which proverb it is, but Solomon said, the, it talked about the value of wise counsel. That there is, that there, uh, shoot, I wish I could just remember it. But the, that success is born on wise counsel. That, that it is good to have not too many voices, but make sure you've, before, before I do anything, that I, talk to someone who knows better than me what should be done. And there again is a way that God speaks to us. He he's is that the way that God's spoken to me most? Feels like maybe through other people. And it is a uh, oh, a- absolutely. I mean, you said set ourselves up to fail. I don't <laughs> I don't know about that. But I I, I really want to say we should set ourselves up for success through the counsel of other people, people who have done it or have some insight into what we're doing or who just love us enough and care about us enough to say, I don't really know what you're supposed to do here, but I'm going to pray with you until it becomes clear. And for, to, and then for us to just, to just hold on. And, uh, it's, it, that is a, that is a huge comfort to me. Uh, when I am not really sure what to do next to talk to somebody who has an idea and let them give me some instruction and direction and, and to prayerfully say what they think I should do. I mean, we're we're starting three services this Sunday permanently, but on this on this topic or on this decision, I did not just decide it on my own. I talked to the elders, I talked to our staff, I talked to my pastor Kendrick Benar, and like this is where this is at that point. This was back in the fall. Like this is where we are. This is sort of attendance we're experiencing. Here's what I think is probably going to happen in the winter. What should we do? And the the collective response was. We have to have three services. And so after that was decided kind of here, then I went to Kendrick and said, now, wow, why do I, how do I do that? I was there when we did it in Grace Church in North Carolina. How should we do it here? And uh, he talked me through that. And so actually none of the decisions that have been made in this whole process were just at at no time did I ever just say, we're doing it before I uh, had good voices from good people who were well invested in it all, who, uh, helped us make that decision to go forward and and then to decide what we're going to do as we go forward. I mean, are we going to need four services by the fall? <laughs> what would that I even look like? But that, I mean, that's a, that's actually a small thing. It, but we, we could apply that sort of standard to every decision we're going to make. So really what, what let's do is let's set ourselves up to succeed by asking people, by getting an opinion. When I haven't done that in the past, it's because I've been proud and arrogant, and I was just sure I was right. And invariably, those things fell apart, <laughs> and I ended up being embarrassed and having to apologize and backtrack. Right. So wise counsel, man, get some about anything, any decision, anything that's going to happen, get some wise counsel from somebody else. So don't put the pressure on yourself by announcing that you're going to lose 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, don't don't say what you're going to do until you know you're going to for sure you know you're going to do it because other people have also backed you up and said you can do this. Yeah, they'll catch you eating peanut butter cups around the corner <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, next thing, the George Costanza effect. <laughs> yeah. So, first of all, you said Joe Costanza. I know. I was like, what? Yeah. I, He's I, a Seinfeld fan? I knew that I said it, and I was just like, well, I'll just correct it in a second. I kept going. But, yeah. In my humble opinion, George Costanza is probably the funniest human <laughs> ever created. <laughs> yeah. Man, his character is, he is hilarious. so good. And what's his name? Jason Alexander. Man, he yeah. played it just right. He did. He did. And he was... He was just the right stature, the right look, everything. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly portrayed. Yeah. Are you do you do you watch Friends? Oh yeah. Yeah. Which one do you like better? Oh, between the shows? Uh if I can only watch one, I would now be Seinfeld. Yeah, I would pick yeah. Seinfeld. My wife is a Friends person, being a little younger than I am. Oh yeah. And I never really watched it to be honest with you. <laughs> but you know, when we go to bed at night, she'll flip it on because I guess it comes on its own channel or something. Yeah. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> There's probably I, is a Friends channel. That makes sense. Yeah, I like funny. it, but uh, it's it's not Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, no. It's Seinfeld's humor. Just the guy, Jerry Seinfeld, is so smart. Yeah, yeah. Man, he's smart. And the writers on that show are very intelligent. And Friends was just a little kitsch. It was, it was for, you know, it was for people of that age and that era. And uh, still, the characters are very funny. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was also, it, it had a lot more sort of, it was woke before woke was woke. It was already yeah, trying yeah, to be. it was. And Seinfeld wasn't. He's still not now. He hated all that. He still, he mocks it. Yeah. makes fun of it openly. And so even though, I mean, it's for sure. I mean, Seinfeld is actually an observant Jew. He's not, he's certainly not a Christian, but he is an observant Jew. And there is a, a measure of uh, yield to the divine in him in some way. And I think there were times when he sort of eased, he pulled back on the rain some, they would take off in a direction. He was like, that's ah, maybe that's a little too far. Well, he doesn't use like a ton of profanity or yeah. anything like that in his act. Yeah, no, I've seen doesn't. him live one time. He mm-hmm. didn't curse one time. Yeah. Yeah. He generally doesn't. He's a, uh, he's just smarter than that. And, uh, he does have a, he has a faith line in him that is connected to Christianity. That is, that has a Christian connection, though he himself is not a Christian and needs to become a Christian so that he can then go to heaven and entertain us for eternity. Right, right. But as it is, he's not going. So to the Costanza effect. <laughs> yeah. So basically on the show, he, he always, he was, he was talking about wearing his welcome out wherever he was. Yeah. They decided that whenever he was involved in a conversation and he said something, good or that everybody agreed with or that was funny or yeah. anything like that that once he said it he should exit so that the memory of him with those people would remain yeah positive yeah instead Leave of on a high note right in- yep. instead of negative mm-hmm. which if he stayed he, he always ended up making somebody mad or, yeah. or whatever uh yeah. so should it be easy for us to walk into a room and people recognize the jesus in us i think so but I realize this is a little personality driven and I don't struggle <laughs> with that, that I can, I am happy to go into any place, whatever the atmosphere is. And, uh, I don't really care who's there. I am happy to walk into that place and decide before I get there, I'm gonna walk in here and be like, Jesus, this is going to be fun. And it's, you know, and if I know it's going to annoy somebody, <laughs> shame on me for this, but if I know it's going to annoy somebody, I'm a little extra excited about it. And I, that's that's probably wrong. It is. Because <laughs> I don't know that that's going to draw those people to Jesus. Uh, but I was, I, I, I'm just wired that way. And I, uh, I don't, I don't mind confrontation. I really probably kind of 
like it, if I'm honest. And especially if it's a a confrontation that has to do with right and wrong and Christianity and not being a Christian and all that. I don't mind the argument. I know that I can win it. And so I, uh, I, I just, so sometimes I probably bring Jesus into a place that is maybe a little bit aggravating to those who are there who don't want to have anything to do with him. But I also know that generally there's some, there's going to be somebody there who maybe they're kind of holding back and being a little quiet. And if I am uh, the right kind of bold enough, they'll be encouraged to also be that kind of bold. And so sometimes I, I don't mind uh, being an example of, you know, sort of stalwart, I don't that's a dumb word I can think, but I don't, whatever. Is it one of those situations where you get the group on your side? You walk into a room of <laughs> 10 people and two of them are atheists or something. Yeah. And then the discussion starts. The eight people are Christians, but they they just don't know how to explain it yeah. or say anything. That's right. So when you start, they just all start agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. I like that feeling because suddenly now people who are not necessarily, who might have been in total agreement with me, but were not bold enough to to make that known, now they're willing to. And that's a teaching moment. I get to do that sometimes, and I think that we probably all have those opportunities. Who knows? Of everybody that's listening to this podcast, I wonder how many of them know how many like-minded people there are around them at work. And they would probably know in their family and their friend group, but in work, especially at work, how many other people would agree with their faith statement, but they just don't know because they've not really talked about it. Um, the only people who do know are those who are slightly more outspoken. They just have to be a little more outspoken, yeah. not like, you know, like I am like kamikaze Christian, but ready fire aim. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't, whatever. Well, you're not doing that this year though. That's right. I forgot. No, nah, I probably am. I will do my best. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not going to do that this year. Uh, see, I can't make it. I'm backtracking right now. No backtrack. Oh, boy. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on a little bit. Right. I'm try, trying to get under that hour. How much time is it right now? I'm not even telling you. I can see it myself. Oh, I can't cover it. I actually can't see it. It's upside down and backwards and my eyes are blurry. All right. <laughs> Making plans. Mm. Um, is there anything you do specifically mm-hmm. to prepare for a year? Do you look back on the previous year? And then prepare and yeah, not only not only do you do that like with goals and things like that, but do you separate them into spiritual and maybe mm-hmm. personal goals? I guess. I, I guess the the question I'm getting at is: Is it okay to set goals that don't necessarily have anything to do with God? <laughs> They're just personal goals that yeah. Uh, I I don't mean partake in sin or anything I, like yeah, that. I mean, you know, here's what I my my short answer to that, which is will end up being long anyway, is that I, uh, I mean, just because of our lives, the life of my Michelle and me and Kaylee, in my home, there is no, there there is no separation between the two. We don't make decisions that are personal, and in any way detached from what we do at church or in our Christian lives. It's our whole, everything is, this goes back to Sunday. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. It is now Christ who lives in me. So you can't, I can't separate those two. My life is in him and his life is in me. And so there is no way for me to make any decision about anything or even a plan or whatever is, whatever becomes a forward decision and plan. Like even I can't have an idea that is separate from 
me knowing Jesus, Jesus knowing me and him working in me and through me. I cannot, I can't, there is no divergence. I feel like I've already used that word in this podcast today. Uh, so to some degree that probably does have to do with our jobs since we all work in church, but that, that's, that doesn't let everybody else off the hook. It doesn't let you off the hook. You are also a Christ follower. So in your life, and and times and all that you do, you must make every decision and everybody else, whatever everybody else does that is listening to this, we must all make every decision with the starting with the starting point being, I'm a Christian. And then whatever else comes after that has got to yield to me being a Christian. It must bow down to it. I, I kind of like the way that sounds. Okay. So if it doesn't agree, obviously don't do it. Yeah, it's got to go. But if it's if it doesn't include, then it's probably okay. Uh, if it doesn't include, so I my goal is to put an addition on the house. Uh-huh. Wh- whatever, yeah, make it up. Christian, yeah, <laughs> that's a Christian decision. It, it should be a Christian decision. My goal is to put an extra room on my house. So I'm let me. I'm gonna. Do the math. How am I going to use that? Why am I doing that? What's my motivation? I mean, you don't have to go into the nth degree in it all. Well, that's like what I'm of, getting at. Yeah. But I think every decision, including an addition to the house or getting new tires, that I, at every step, I want to present that to God and say, God, I'm about to get new tires or addition to the house or whatever. Uh, am I going to buy Walmart brand bread or nature's own? If I, my, my constant... I think this. you and I are in a little bit of a counseling session in public right now. A part of the reason that you think you haven't necessarily heard him is because you're just not always listening. That he's invested. He is invested in every brand of thing that we buy. Jesus cares. I don't know that everybody knows that. I don't know if you know that, Joe. You're my friend. I hope I can say that to you on the podcast. So you're saying we should be woke. Well, I think we should be well, we should be awake, anti woke. <laughs> yeah, I think that we need to be wide awake and realize that there is not one thing that is ever in any way impacts our life when Jesus isn't invested in that thing. He, there is nothing about which he does not care. He cares about you, the addition to the house. He cares about the the brand of bread that I buy. He cares about every single thing. And so, what I it's even inactive in a way. But what I think I try to inactively do is hold it all up to him all the time. Everything. When we go to the grocery store, Jesus, thank you that there's money that that I can pay this credit card bill after I charge these groceries today that I'm going to be able to pay it off. Like, it doesn't... I, I'm going to say this and then I am going to come off of it again. It doesn't mean that we have to stay in a mindset where we are constantly, obsessively, prayerfully making every single uh, uh, decision down to the minutiae. But how glorious would it be if I did, if it was easy for me, if I found it natural to live a life? And this is what scripture, this is what Jesus has invited us to do, commanded us to do, to live a life in prayer where there is nothing at any time that I have not realized is important to Jesus too, whatever, whatever it is. Including getting new tires. Including getting new tires that he cares about that. Like, God, I need, I'm going to need some new tires. Can you help me find a good deal? He will. He cares about that. He's like, yeah, tires are expensive. Let me help you out. I mean, a person that is faithful and obedient has access to God's provision and plan. So 
Don't hold anything back. It all matters. Everything flows out of the word Christian. Our, I, let me just say it again. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ and I'm dead. So if I'm living dead, which we talked about Sunday too, to live dead means to at no point take possession of any decision going forward. There are people that are that will depress themselves to the ragged edge of life itself because they have obsessively worried about what they are going to do or what they should do, what they can do, what they can't do. That is not a part of the Christian life. We don't well, there's no reason for us to do that because God has already gone to the complete the again, the complete nth degree in every direction. He knows the absolute outcome. And so what I need to do is go to him and say, Jesus, I'm going to wait until you tell me what to do, or I'm going to follow you, or I'm, I'm, I, I feel peace in this. I don't feel peace in this. I'm going to follow the path of peace because that's your path. And that applies to every single thing. The paint that you put on the wall in that edition, every bit of it, he cares about that too. Right. He cares. He cares. He cares, Joe, All right. about everything. He cares that today you're wearing a Callahan Auto Parts uh, t-shirt, Sandusky, Ohio, which was... uh. Was that Black Sheep? Oh, what was that? There's Tommy Boy? Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. Yeah. He cares about all that. He, even the, the brands that we wear. I think I think we don't know how much Jesus loves us. We would be amazed if we did. Hmm. All right. One last thing, which you kind of already answered. Uh, <laughs> and I wrote what you said in here. Check yourself <laughs> before you wreck yourself. Yeah. After which you immediately apologized for saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the world is really full of sin and we all we all know this. It's mm-hmm. impossible to get completely away from anything that is sinful. It's yeah. just it's not possible. Mm-hmm. You can't send your kids to school without them coming home. Yeah. Knowing something sinful that some kid told them. Yeah, that's right. Um, so how how do we go about approaching those things? When we really don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, you you said earlier you do have a choice. And you do. Yeah. But you can't you can't control what other people do. Yeah. That's right. Bringing I, things at you. Yeah. I can stop myself going to where the sin is, but I can't stop the sin from coming at me. It, that, that's exactly right. And so uh, what we the decision that we now are, for, are faced with is, am I going to tolerate it, uh, participate in it? If I tolerate it, I will at some point participate. So I have to decide, am I going to tolerate it to the, until I finally participate or am I going to fight it? Am I going to resist it? And uh, our invitation, again, as Christians from Jesus is to resist it, to openly resist it. That does require a measure of boldness, which we've already talked about. It requires a measure of boldness wherein I, when it's coming that I'm going to be the guy that's going to say, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see it. I'm not going to laugh at that. I'm not going to, if somebody wants you to watch something that you shouldn't, I'm not, I'm I'm just not going to just to take a stand to to stay uh, defensive to stay on solid ground to keep the high ground. I think I talked about that a few weeks ago. To keep the high ground, which is righteous. I mean, for sure, Jesus Himself, while He was here in the flesh, was tempted. He said He was tempted in every way that we are. There was no temptation that wasn't presented to Him. Sin kept coming at Him. The devil Himself cornered Jesus and tried to tempt Him into just doing something wrong. And Jesus just said, "I can see what you want me to do." And I'm not doing it. I will have nothing to do with it. Uh, leave me alone. And so that was his, that's what he said to us. He's like, temptation will come. I will always give you a way out. I will make it possible for you to overcome the temptation to sin that just steps into our lives. He has promised that he would. 
And I know that there have been times in my life when I was tempted to do something that I knew that I shouldn't. And I knew that I could just, I don't have to do this. I should just walk away, get out of it. And sometimes I did, and sometimes I didn't. Thankfully, he is kind and just, merciful to forgive us and cleanse us from when we do fall short. But all the better that we just decide not to. Uh, You are right. It's going to keep coming for sure. As you said, our kids, when they go to school, they're inundated with it. Every other kid's got a phone in his or her pocket. And they... It's uh, it's gross what our poor kids have to uh, resist, but we can teach them. We should teach them to resist it. Be strong and courageous. Be bold and don't just be another pathetic kid who who gives in to what everybody else says. Be be a little warrior. Fight them off. Uh, be resistant. Like don't just blend in, but stand tall and and you be the example for what is righteous instead of just being another pathetic follower in a crowd of followers. Indeed. Yeah. All right. That's all I got today. How'd we do? Mm, an hour and hour in one minute. Oh, an hour and one. All right. I'll stop talking. So we're close. Sure love all y'all. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> all right. With that, we'd like to invite everybody to join us at Coast Life Church on Sunday for one of our now three services, 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Uh, we're located in the Knight Nonprofit Center here on Seaway Road couple minutes off the interstate at the Lorraine Road exit. If you can't make it to one of the services, please join us live online through YouTube, Facebook Live, the Coast Life Church app, or the Coast Life Church website. Um, what else? Oh, uh, free, bis- or free Brisket Fridays and free Sunman Roll mm-hmm. Fridays for the next couple of weeks at Polk's Drugs, if y'all want to come by. Uh, don't forget about Financial Peace University starting on the Sunday, you said? The Sunday, yeah. And I think that uh, the Naked naked Marriage, <laughs> Naked, isn't that what they call it? Yeah. <laughs> I think it starts this week, too. Naked? <laughs> naked I just, you naked. paused. I think that the uh, I could Naked, have, I was, and then you paused. Made me nervous. Well, I knew it was something risque, but yeah, no, it's called naked marriage and it's really good led by the, the rices. Doesn't it start Friday? Friday? I don't know about that, but probably I think they told me it did. All right. Anyway, that's great. And y'all got to go. Yeah. If you're married or thinking about getting married, we haven't done it. Is it something any married couple should oh, do? Yeah. Or is it? That's so good. Yeah. It's not for like new marriages. There's people that go to it that have been married for a long time. Oh, I got you. It's a, it's a killer group. All right. It's huge. I think it's now the big, they have the split it in two. It'll, it'll, it's just huge. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. Uh, if you or anyone you know might be interested in advertising on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me or Pastor D and we'll get you set up with that. If you all, if you have any questions about any of the topics we discuss here on the podcast, please email them to me. We'd love to hear from you. And that holds true for any question. It doesn't have to be about the podcast or whatever. I'm sure Pastor D can. Mm-hmm. Come up with a thought on just about anything. Oh, boy. (laughs) Girlfriend problems, anything like that? I am really good at those. (laughs) Break up. Okay. Um, So, Pastor D, that's it. Yeah. Right at an hour. Way to go. You want me to pray fast? You pray however (laughs) fast you like. It's up to you. Jesus, thank you for this hour and three minutes that we have been able to get together and talk about... uh, just some of the important details of living the Christian life. I pray that for those who are who have listened to this who might not know you, that, that today would be the day when they come to decide to follow you. And then for we all Christians, help us to continue to move forward in great faith and strength, to not be cowards and and uh, 
give in to the to the subtle pressure or, or maybe even the strong pressure of the devil in the world around us because you live in us and we are stronger than him. And so we just want to stay aligned with you. Uh, thank you for Joe. Thank you for this equipment. Thank you for all the good things that you're doing and for taking this podcast all over the world. We found out we're thankful for it in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of thinking out loud with pastor D we'll see you all here again next week. Bye-bye. Bye everybody. Bye.